Tokozani, Magu, Namaste, Selbona, I see you and recognize the divine in you, in me, in all of us. I am Gogo Tulegani. I'm a Sangoma medicine woman, priestess, seer, diviner, time traveler, and all of the great things that my ancestors have created me to be. I am devoted to the ancient ways of the ones before me who were healers, wisdom keepers, who understood the stars, the warriors, and I am a keeper of the wisdom of the elements of nature. This audio series, Ancestral Dreams, and prophecies is a gateway or a sacred space to see our dreams as teachers and helpers for those on a spiritual journey by demystifying the ancestral realm, our subconscious, and to build bridges between our individual dreams and to share what fuels and inspires my work as an ancestral healer. Thank you for joining the journey. Kozani, welcome back to the sacred space. It is me, Gogo Tule, and it's been a little while, <laughs> just a little while. It's been interesting the past few weeks with Mercury, Mercury in retrograde, and um, teaming up with my womb to bring about lessons <laughs> for this month that are interesting and just putting me in a space of reflection. So for whatever reason, this episode is mostly just going to be sharing about plants and dreaming with plants Um, and we'll be split into two. So there'll be two episodes, one with me just sharing and another one featuring an interview with a medicine woman with another healer that works with plants to share another perspective so let's get into it I want to start off with an excerpt um, written by a Yoruba priestess named Annette Williams in an article titled Women's Spirituality and Plant-Based Medicines so she goes on to express uh, the term Iwe which means um, roughly translated as leaves, but it includes plants, herbs, roots, barks, and other elements of flora. As prescriptive, it is plant medicine. As plant medicine, the dimensions of spearmint is paramount. In Yoruba tradition, it states that plants are living, breathing, communicating creatures endowed with personality and attributes of the soul. They are ready, willing, and able to cooperate with and assist humanity. Uh, the Yoruba perceive herbs as possessing life, names, taboos, or and praise poems, or oriki. Hence, to approach and utilize them, a special kind of knowledge is required. This knowledge is the knowledge of working with the unseen realms. Certain deities are perceived to be custodians of herbs for healing, and so the healer is expected to know and be on good terms with such deities. She goes on to say that I was taught the correct and respectful way to cultivate and work with plants and leaves. Prayers are said and songs are sung to honor the spirit of the plants while working with them. And in turn, they share their healing essence. Following a traumatic incident, I received an herbal cleansing from a priestess of Oshun. Again, prayers were said and songs sung along with other ritual components designed to elicit the benefits of the plant's healing spirit on my behalf. 
Tobacco and marijuana, along with ayahuasca, opium, and others, are classified as plants with psychoactive properties. My great-grandmother, Margaret McKenzie, was a root woman living in Jamaica. During my eldest sister's childhood, she lived with great-grandmother Margaret. Being 18 years my senior, this sister had the opportunity to live in rural Jamaica, observing and experiencing firsthand great-grandmother's relationship with her community. Individuals came to great-grandmother for physical and spiritual healing, as well as divination. My sister states that our great-grandmother used to read people, aided by the tobacco she grew. My sister uses the term smoking people to describe our great-grandmother's practice because she would light roll tobacco, a makeshift cigar, and proceed to blow tobacco smoke over their head and body of an individual while receiving divinatory visions and insight. A good friend whom I will call Evelyn was kind enough to share personal anecdotes for this presentation. She begins by saying, I have I have had several profound experiences aided by the use of marijuana through both smoking and ingestion. When I was in a when I was about 20 years old, I took a trip to Jamaica with my friend. While there, we went with a cousin of mine to meet a group of old Rastafarians in the Maygrove swamps. I remember smoking ganja with them and they had a large black book and they explained the spiritual beliefs that underpinned their philosophy. At the time, I remember an unusual level of understanding and perception, even though I could not understand what they were saying. Later, it was confirmed that they were speaking Amharic, but communicated with us telepathically. The experience felt at the time like a profound initiation, which I will never forget. During my mid-40s, I went with my husband at the time and his friend hiking through the desert to see the beautiful Stark Terran and the ancient glyphs on the rocks. During this first walk, I was constantly struck by cactus thorns of the chola, the barrel cactus, and other forms of cactus plants. It seems as if no matter how hard I tried to avoid being stuck by, stuck by them, walking as far as away as I could from the plants, I was stuck con continuously. And I felt very uncomfortable at the end of the hike, despite having worn thick socks and boots. The next time we went hiking, we smoked marijuana first. I approached the largest chola plant and I could see and with serenity and humility address the plant directly. I said, Grandmother, please teach me how to walk in the desert. I then saw the plant increase in size dramatically with golden vibrational energy surrounding her. <clears throat> I felt honored and deeply grateful for her willingness to communicate with me, and I was never stuck by thorns in the desert again, though we went hiking in that area in different parts of the desert over many years. So I appreciate this excerpt because it kind of gives us insight into how um, we as original and ancient people approach plants and the relationship that we have with them and seeing them as energy and and helpers for us and teachers for us on the journey so i want to continue this conversation just kind of walking you through my journey and and what plants have meant to me so my journey with plants um in terms of spirituality and healing definitely started with nutrition and um, detoxing and fasting and understanding how the foods that I was eating was creating a space for spirit and created spirit space for um, personal growth and um, overall wellness. 
and um, and then when understanding how to heal the body, um, not just on a on a symptom level, but on a root level, spiritually, um, finding out that there are certain illnesses or imbalances that are associated with certain organs, and then those organs have certain energies. So we begin to understand that like anger is stored in certain organs, and um, when we feel out of balance this way, it shows in the spiritual body. Um, and, and so we try to address that on a nutritional level, but then understanding that plants have not only these bi- biological benefits, but that they are magic and that they have spirituality, that there are planets associated with certain plants, that they um, can help us with good luck and attracting fortune or protecting the home. And so um, my journey kind of helped me unfold and, and begin to understand these things. And, and then getting into ancestral healing, you understand that plants play a major role in divination, in um, the ability to channel, in um, our ability to cleanse and release energetically things in our aura, um, the, the need for purging. And releasing not only what's in your digestive tract, but the the spiritual parasites and energies that um, associate and and sit in certain parts of the body physically and and spiritually. And so we work a lot with plants with the ancestors um, and in terms of ancestral healing because they are intelligent <laughs> and um and it doesn't just come from this idea that plants are magic, but that the earth is wise. And um, in our cultures, uh, there are ways of going into nature and asking for permission for certain plants to be used. When plants have a certain property or spiritual um, blessing that it comes with it, they are grown a certain way and then taken out of the earth a certain way. And certain offerings are made to placate not just the plant, but the spirit of the plant. Um, and helping us navigate. And so there's this big understanding of plants as being spirits and thus plants also being teachers because there are the first plants that the ancestors interacted with and then gave them the ability to see and know about the other plants um, and, and certain activations that brought understandings about how to use plants to help and assist us. Um, so we, we, uh, we, are taught to approach plants as spirits that are communicating to our bodies, that are communicating to our meridians, that are communicating to our brain and our nervous system and all of these things. Um, And so plants make a a, a big part of my role as a healer. And um, so even through initiation and, and, and rites of passages, cultivating relationships with plants to help activate and help us remember our ancestors and to help us dream with them. When I started to kind of probe and investigate about plants and herbs and ways that they were used in my family, I came to understand things like how when a child is born, there are certain plants and and leaves and things that the ch- the children are tend to be um, bathed with that usually the eldest women in the family knew about. Um, when I was very very young, newborn, I had gotten very sick and um, I was completely nursed by family members and the use of plants in order to become well. Um, I learned that when people pass away. In our family, like if you lose a loved one and they die in your arms, that there are certain plants that are used to just cleanse the person 
from that experience and allow the transition of the ancestor to be clear without too many attachments or stagnant energy and um even the the use of plants used at the in the comp at the front or the gate of the compound so that if any people with negative energy or negative witchcraft would come into the home and automatically feel the inability to stay in that space and thus for whatever reason would leave um and even on a spiritual level understanding the story of of the grandfather spirit and he being inspired or awakened by the bush in some type of way um, some mystical type of way that allowed him to understand how to use plants to and, and, and massage people's bodies to heal broken bones. And I think that when, when we, we look into our families um, on a, a small or large level, we understand that there was an auntie or a grandmother or someone in the family who just knew what plants in the yard or in the, the environment helped with the flu or helped with headaches or um, um, what recipes and foods nurtured the family in ways that they needed. So the presence of plants is is obviously just very, very um, present in our lives and, and in our spirituality um, as indigenous, as um, original people, people connected to the original people of the earth. In Africa specifically, there are an immense, enormous amount of plants and roots and herbs and elements and um, that are used in a number of different ways to bring about healing, transformation um, and wellness. I in 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 the in most traditions, there is usually someone who specializes or who are the record keepers of the plants in the form of some type of herbalist or in Southern African, what we call an Inyanga. Um, and they act as the, the traditional, traditional herbalist and medicine people. Um, and their rites of passages usually are very much connected to the land, um, connected to a family member or a person who, um, understood the plants. I remember in my travels to Costa Rica, I connected with a Rasta, an herbalist who um, had a great, great knowledge of plants, but who was sitting in, in very interesting circumstances and experiences because one, he had all of this family land, um, all of this understanding of plants, but everyone in the family having left for the cities and having left and chosen um, different lives. And so for some of us, there's lands that we've sold. There's lands that um, no one cares to um, nurture and plant. Um, but I, I, and then I, and he also expressed about teaching people who are interested about plants, but then then taking it in a very commercialized way. And 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 I just saw this elder who has all this knowledge, and who whose knowledge isn't necessarily appreciated and our connection to plants becoming further and further disconnected because of just the lifestyles and the choices that we're making in our, in our modern day society. But he had so many stories. Um, every, almost every story that he had to share about a plant involved his grandmother or the old way of doing things and what she said and what she experienced and what she saw through the use of plants. 
um, the understanding around plants had less teaching and talking around biology and benefits and more around storytelling and energy and how it, it, they have helped us as people. And I, I think that one of the, the major disconnects, um, that we experience in this, in these modern times is, you know, with the use of a prescription and different form of drug is, is this extracting of a certain ingredient in a plant and then creating, um, some form of product or prescription that can be given to us to heal and, and connect and bring balance into the body. But it's very interesting to me because we, when you look up even the biological benefits of a plant like peppermint, um, you look, you Google search it and there's this long list of benefits and uses for this one plant. And so it's very intelligent and it's working with different parts of our system, but then we extract is only one piece or only one element and we remove that one piece away from the whole intelligence of the plant and um and then the result is is some healing but usually a lot of side effects um and I also look at when I when I started to delve deeper into the traditional practices with medicines you understand that plants are used for bathing and steaming and um um clearing um, the body on energetic levels and, and medicines being sniffed up the nose and getting head freezes and medicines that produce vomiting and medicines that, um, help us dream and, and all of these that, that help us with the symptoms of, of major illnesses and, and all of these things, um, with great, with, with great understanding, of course, of the biology, but a much greater understanding of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I look at how um, plants and drugs have been overused or used in addictive um, manners in our society, I can trace it back to a traditional way of doing things um, and see that the problem ultimately has been in the chemicalization of these plants because there are plants that help calm our nerves and there are plants that help us feel joy and ecstasy more easily um, but there is some type of knowledge around this that we have been removed from and now our experience is mostly addictive and is mostly m missing the other piece of the the greater web that is knowledge of plants so um, I want to kind of get into the the uses of plants and how they are a part of the dreaming um, that we do with the ancestors. Over the course of um, being an initiate, one of the first things that happens is that we um, pray with and work with and cleanse with plants on a on very consistent levels and. Um, very um, ritualistically and repetitively and so we would there are certain plants that we would pray with and and cleanse with and um, and you know plants overall are very subtle energies and it takes time to cultivate a relationship with them and that's one aspect that we are, are missing in our societies it's like we just we have a problem we look up the herb for it and then we just start drinking it or taking it as a, a tincture and tea 
and um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that sometimes we don't always understand how the problem and the plan are working together and how much time it takes to um, merge with the energy of that plan in order to see results. So a big part of my path has been working with plants for long periods of time and um, working with the first ancestral plants was what began to also bring back the dreams or the ability to dream or to go into the dream realm in certain spaces where the ancestors could meet me and meet us. And I found that a lot of uh, the dreams in in these times were the most intense, were the most vivid. It's where the portals between the ancestors and us are are even kind of easier to step into um the way that we use plants though is not singular in that like that was the magic in it or that was the thing to do or that was the main thing (laughs) you know it was it was how we prayed how we danced how we did all of these things all together remember there's a whole intelligence there's a whole way of life around how we use plants and how we use song and how we use prayer but this incubator of time allows for us to connect very deeply um, and to cultivate those long relationships for a for a lifetime 20% of my journey just happened to involve also what they call master plants or master plant teachers. um, The ones that produce a a psychoactive um, or visionary journey. And for me, it actually started way, way at the beginning before I really knew that much about African spirituality ancestors, but I was just exploring spirituality from a metaphysical perspective and 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 universal teachings I came across these two at the time ayahuasca was like unheard of and um there was like these two documentaries about it that I just came across and watched back to back um and then there was like maybe a few sites about information about what it was but I was going through a difficult time in my life looking for spiritual healing and help and when I started to watch these documentaries about ayahuasca you see this man travel to the jungle in in South America and I I remember him getting on a boat to travel to this village and um, the ceremony being in this dark like hut or space so the camera is like in 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 the mode so that you can see in the dark and you see this man going through all of these changes and shifts in in this ceremony and he looks like he's crazy (laughs) you know he 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 I remember the documentary talking about like ego death and shedding and dying and being reborn um, and facing your greatest fears. And I remember thinking, this is a lot. This is intense. And I need to do this or something like it. And um, and so I started to do all this research and, and learn about it and I was and understanding that it's a very serious spiritual path in itself. Um not fully understanding why I, I was called towards it, but it, it didn't come into my life um, at the moment that I learned about it. It wasn't until many years later um, when I started the ancestral healing journey, um, a ceremony came in divine time um, and I attended. And so here I am in this ceremonial space with a, lar- a large group of people and um, 
drinking this medicine for the first time, um, I would say that I and one other person were the first people in the whole room to have a reaction to the medicine. It, it definitely opened me up in a very intense way. Um, and it, it was very affirming for me um, because I started to experience things with ancestors and, and just had all of these confirmations about like knowing that I am a healer and knowing that um, this is what the ancestors want for me and the journey that I'm starting is, is, is what they want. I would say that my first experience with this plant, um, the grandmother spirit, ayahuasca, was very intense. Um, you know, it was my, it was very intense, trance-inducing experience. And one of the first things that I did, being the loudest one in the room, I started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing at everything energetically in the room. And, and then I started to purge and release and purge and release. And, um, I just had various experiences that, um, were significant, but were also some parts were just very quick and very fast and hard to hold onto or, um, associate any meaning. But this, the, the first experience was very profound and very much what I needed at the time and opened me up in a great way. Um, soon after this, the, um, the, the psilocybin and mushroom plants came into my life. And, you know, after having so many intense experiences, I was, um, drawn towards this, this particular, um, plant in hopes of having, let's say a lighter experience. And, um, I wish someone would have told me that that's not what was about to go down, um, but it was done in a very ceremonial, very conscious, very protective way and space. Um, and I was, I was knocked way into the spiritual realm on deep levels, but it was very difficult. It was very intense. Um, you know, when we have any form in any context, any type of spiritual awakening experience, it can feel, um, one thing that I, I feel is that it, it can feel like death. It can feel like all of your senses are changing, um, things, or, you know, when people describe out of body experiences, you know, what it's like to be out of your body is strange at times. And, um, that for me was, was, was definitely very difficult and, you know, Sometimes we're in a rush for energies to be activated and, and experiences with ancestors to come very quickly. But our bodies really have to learn how to adjust and learn how to meditate again and learn how to shift again, you know. Um, and, and these medicines really challenge and shift us back into our original forms or our original, the way that the circuits and the energies in our bodies were, were um, um originally uh moving and vibrating at at uh, and the speed that it was moving at and so for me that that experience was like a, a rewiring and it was very painful it was like a spiritual surgery um that was happening and and that's my understanding after it you know being in it was very difficult um but again i i i connected with and i felt like i healed and 
um, you know, certain ancestors came through and um, my understanding of time changed and all this creativity and songs and things started to formulate. Um, and, you know, overall there, there was, there are just some experiences that have stood or, or waking dreams or psychedelic dreams that, um, have stood out to me, um, because I came to these plants after already starting to do a lot of ancestral healing work and already opening up certain channels in my body. Um, you know, my experiences in the spiritual realm with ayahuasca and with these types of plants has been, um, maybe a little different than other people's experiences. Um, and also shaped by the fact that I had already done some of this work in a different way, because with, you know, the ancestral paths, like we go and we chance and we journey just through the drum, just through the song, just through the dances and the gitas and the ceremonies. Um, but going in with the plants has just given me a, another perspective um, and has brought some of the, that ancestral work into that those states of, of, of um, plant journeys. And so I've seen a lot of things with the ancestors in these journeys. And um, one of the things that I also find to be unique is that the ancestors affirmed for me um, a really beautiful teaching and lesson. Um, it may not always be ap applicable, but, um, you know, we go into these, you know, spir spiritual spaces, hoping to connect with our ancestors and guides and hoping to be able to ask them all the questions in the world. And um, I, I was just in this space where, you know, the ancestors really came through very strong and they made me understand that I wasn't going to be able to ask any questions, that I just needed to sit and listen and breathe and listen. And as and it was it felt like there was like this catalog already set up of things that they wanted to talk about and things that they wanted to teach me and things that they wanted to relay to me. And as I looked at each chapter unfolding and each cycle of, of what they were talking about, I realized that everything that they were saying was everything that I would have wanted to know. Um, and I felt this sense of obedience, but not like a, a pressure obedience, but like just this call to just really just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. Um because there's, you know, a lot of things going on in our minds and we know we want to know this and we want to know that. And sometimes we're asking about something that is in step seven um, and 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 we don't realize that there are steps in in place that the ancestors are moving us through and how sometimes we're getting ahead of ourselves in certain things. And um and, and, and it's interesting just on this ancestral journey in general, it's like when the ancestors do start to show us things and reveal us things and give us tasks to do, um, you know, like, and we haven't done some of those things or knocked those things off the la the checklist or haven't set up that altar or haven't done this offering or this ritual or this thing. And we get into a space where we're asking, 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 and we haven't even about something to be revealed um, something new to be revealed when we haven't even done what has already been given to do. Yes. And we're expecting some type of new opening when we haven't um, 
you know, cleared some of the first steps. So I hope that makes sense. But that was just a really important um, understanding that I received in ceremony and, 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 and having them take me through certain processes that way. Um, another thing that I, you know, really appreciated about plant medicine ceremonies that affirmed for me what I kind of already knew was just because even when I first started doing this work and and writing and sharing about it, the first, one of the first things that I kept going on and on about was just ceremony. Um, the many different types of ceremonies that exist in ancestral healing, you know, the prayer ceremonies, the ancestral offering ceremonies, the initiation ceremonies, the ceremonies with plants, the ceremonies with the song and the drum, the ceremonies to celebrate this, the celebrate to grieve that, um, the sweat lodges, the steamings, um, whatever the ceremony was, that these are the spaces that have been the most healing for me. These are the spaces that I have learned the most. These are the spaces where the the spiritual energy was so high that we could really commune with the spirits. And no matter where I go, whether it's an African ceremony, whether it's a Zulu ceremony or Sangoma ceremony, whether it's a Native American ceremony, whether it's a um, Colombian ceremony, um, every single space, even in its variations, have shown me the same thing. You know, um, the unique order in which things happen, um, the prayers and, and the support, the support. And, and, and even just how the spirits just show up and show out and get lit. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't even like that word, but um, just get even more excited about the fact that we've come together. And um, it's just, it's just such a important part of the journey. You know, even for me, sometimes when it's me by myself at the altar, it's like, yeah, that's cool. But then when I'm gathered in spaces, even more unfolds um things that i never thought that i could do be happening you know i was at a uh, just at a healing retreat the other week and we decided to just do this ceremony um and um because there were many people gathered it's like the spirits coming through me and we were just there were no plants involved we were just holding ceremonial space in an ancestral way and um it's like things were coming out of me that had never happened before. And these are the spaces that I have experienced the most growth. These are the spaces that I have seen people actually begin to have the experiences that they really want to have with their ancestors. And um, for me, there's just so much need, even though we're in these modern times, even though we're using a lot of technology, um, the coming together and the community part is like even though that's old even though that's ancient and even though we ain't all in the same village it's still going to be a big piece of the puzzle that we feel is missing yeah boo. um yeah i could go on and on about that but <laughs> that's what i want to say for now is is just the reminder of the importance of ceremony and the many many different ways and way prayer and way altar work happen when um we come together um, another thing that I wanted to, to share, 
about, um, you know, just stories and experiences and lessons from these ceremonies. It can sound so cool to like travel the universe and visit other planets and go to other dimensions and hang out with ancestors. Um, and I know for me, just the chemistry of my body and the energy of my spirit, these are, are very intense spaces. Um, I, I think that it's important to educate ourselves, um, even though we can't all, ever always be 100% ready for anything in life. Um, these, you know, everybody responds to these things very differently and how, you know, brews and ceremonies are held by particular healers or communities and lineages varies. So we all have different experiences. Um, but these are these ancestral medicine spaces are sacred and um, transformative, but also can be very intense. And um, to me, traveling the universe and digging deeper has always not only excited me, but been significant and important to me. But I will say that some of these states and some of these experiences can be so intense that like, I, I'm, I'm not one that's about overdoing anything. I take my time in between major ceremonies and um, one of those reasons, one of the reasons is because, you know, I've just been in such deep spaces where like, you know, it's like a, cause like when the medicines and the ceremonies kind of take you and you go into these altered states, um, you know, and your body feels very differently, like coming out of it um, is a whole process. And um, I have come out of ceremonies very 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 happy to be human very very okay with think the fact that things are slow um and loving being in the body you know and not obsessing about these out-of-body experiences because there is goodness and pleasure and groundedness about also being in the body and and knowing how to navigate the spiritual realm from from multiple states um and appreciating this life so much more. I feel like I'm going on on tangents right now, but um, one of the major disconnects that we have, right, is to nature. And as we heal and we cleanse and we open up the channels, we become more sensitive to nature. And I have... Um, you know, in, in, in medicine ceremonies had this like, like life review happen type of thing where you review things in your life or review your whole life. And one of those experiences was very short where I was just reviewing like my daily habits, how I get up in the morning, how I go to the computer or how I go to the phone or how I do this and that. And they were showing me how robotic this, um, at that moment in time, my lifestyle was and how there was no consciousness around it. Um, and I had this, um, opening and awakening about the connection to nature and I felt the earth and I felt like as I was rubbing against the earth, I was connecting with mother nature and, and making her laugh and she was making me laugh. And then it turned into this whole conversation with mother nature and speaking about how important it is to slow down, how important it is to not let any things linger because we, we feel pain or we feel grief or we feel this block and then we don't always give ourselves the time to shed it. 
when the problem is is coming up as a symptom and not when it's become a disease um but like as things are coming up addressing them and then like you know coming out of that whole experience i just everything was so so much more significant the way that the earth felt against my feet um how i got up and walked from one space or one room to another um how much i slowed down in my prayers and my communication with spirits making sure that i'm speaking from the heart um and it made me feel like the aliveness of life because we we just simply forget we just simply forget we spend most of our time you know with things that support the forgetfulness and you know we lose the ability to just smile and have genuine joy about the fact that the sun is shining and and the feeling against your skin and the life that it is giving you through that light Mm. and you know appreciating the trees I, I once you know when I was in Costa Rica I did this um meditation around it was just like a simple guided meditation where we were outside learning about different plants and then we stood in front of a, a particular bush and in the med it was a guided meditation and she was telling us you know different things and one of the things she told us was to ask the plant that we were standing in front of and honoring in that moment um if this plant liked where it was planted yeah boo and she gave a lot of different prompts like that, things to ask the spirit of the plant. And it's something, it was just something very simple, but something that you don't even think to ask. Like, do these trees like what they were, they're planted? Do they like the way that they were watered? Um, we have kind of moved away from thinking about talking with, communing with nature in these ways. And so these plants create this memory about our connection with nature, this memory about our connection to community, this memory about our connection to each other. And that's what ceremony continues to do. Yes, there are very difficult moments where you remember something in your childhood that um, you may have forgotten about that was traumatic, or you are able to cry and shed those things that happen to you as an adult or in relationships and um, and ego deaths, like they say, where, you know, you know, some of your fears do come up, whatever comes up, of course, they, you know, the, the spirits always say is what you're meant to experience. Some people sit in these ceremonies and don't have any experience. And there's something about that that is meant to be their experience. Um, and maybe it's 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 something else that opens them up or it's the 20th ceremony. These medicines have made me see how, you know, we want a lot of different things to happen, but there really is a divine order. There really is a moment for activations, a moment for release and shedding, a moment for reflection, a moment for movement, a moment for, and so it is, you know, the many things that the ancestors got us doing um, and working towards. So it's definitely a journey um, that has just really changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, One of the, uh, Maybe maybe the last things that I'll talk about is is the purging and the vomiting, um, because that's one of the things that you hear about first. And, and some of the one of the things that can, especially with ayahuasca specifically, that can um, um, 
fear scare people away or you know just be very uncomfortable nobody enjoys vomiting um one of the things that they say though um the wisdom keepers of these medicines is that we um are are releasing a lot of different things and sometimes we have the opportunity to understand what it is that is being purged and so I and many people have had experiences when purging knowing that oh this is the experience that you have with your mother um that you've been holding on to that is being purged or you know it's this thing or that thing or this block and this mindset and this idea that you have about yourself um and you know to me purging is just it's ancestors healing work is just never a comfortable thing but um it it's 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 energetic work and you can feel very light and you can feel very um much more balanced because of the release um and a lot of times our resistance especially when it comes to releasing um and our discomfort with the idea of vomiting comes from our resistance and that that's that that aspect of that the spirit of that block that is like I don't want to leave the body I don't want to leave her I want to keep creating this problem and um, I have even witnessed people not even take anything but just doing energy work begin to vomit and purge and cleanse because the spirits are energetically removing something Um, so it is a part of the journey it's not the best part but um, there's meaning and significance and importance in it Um, Another thing that I've experienced um, is how because those those nauseous and and, um, um, you know, sick feelings like we do, we feel our sickness, we feel our illness, we feel our imbalance. And then there's this resistance of like uh, wanting and letting it go, but also holding on to it. And you begin to start to see your inner battle and your inner struggle. And, and what you're having a hard time with letting go of and, and seeing that it really is just you. And, and when you start to learn how to breathe through these experiences, it's like giving birth again, like rebirthing yourself. And um, breathing through this experience ha- has sometimes allowed for the feeling of, of needing to vomit go away or the fear go away and then the journey and the vision becoming so much more profound and then more teachings are able to come. Yes. And so there's been sometimes this um, reoccurring lesson and teaching around, you know, when we surrender, that's when everything else opens up. When we move through the fear, that's when things become more clear. And um, like I like to say, the voices of our ancestors become more clear and become louder. Um, the ceremony has really made like it clear that this is our space also to do the work. Um, this is our space to, un- to peel those layers and to see the sources for ourselves. Um, you know, not only does the medicine allow us to give us this mirror um, and this vision, but then we start to see how the other people in the room are connected to and the other people in the world are connected to this problem so to me um even in just you know outside of um psychedelic plants even in just ancestral ceremonies um everyone starts to wake up to the energy of their ancestors and starts to be a part of the shift and the change that is happening in the space um so 
I think that's everything that I want to say about um, ayahuasca and um, and and psychedelic plants. I I do want to just talk a little bit about cannabis because one, it's a big part of some people's journeys, and we got cannabis yoga and meditations happening, and um, and there's people who use it to um, help with symptoms and illnesses and managing pain and managing anxiety and it's just a real part of our experience whether you're approaching it from a health perspective or a spiritual perspective um whatever it is one you know one of the things that people don't always know is that sometimes certain strains of cannabis can um dim down your dreaming so regular cannabis users may understand start to notice that they don't remember their dreams or don't recognize that they're dreaming as often so I would say I always tell people that it's good to take a break in between and um one I'm not really well versed in cannabis that much it's it's been a small part of my journey but not really um but I, because I wasn't, I just, I wasn't open to it. I wasn't open to any of these types of plants at first because I just, I, you, 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 at first it's just demonized, um, because we hear more about drugs and, um, and a lot of these plants are, these original plants are, became, you know, chemicalized and turned into drugs, but in its original state, there are ceremonies and things behind them. Um, and so what was that saying? <laughs> and so these, um, plants can help us to, hold on, let me catch my train of thought going off on these tangents and talking in circles, <laughs> but, um, the plants oh yeah so with 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 cannabis and things of that nature um they're used a certain way in these times but they all have origins in something and when i was in ecuador and um the healers there were sharing with us about the cosmovision and the philosophies behind the ancestral teachings as well as the different plants that they used um she was talking about this group who works with cannabis and how the way that she described it, it sounded like there's a whole initiation and like connecting with the spirit of this plant first. Um, and how these people would, in order to commune with cannabis as, um, a spiritual practice, they would spend years just learning about how it grows and then spend months or years learning about, actually planting it and then spend months and years just drinking it as a tea and then and then getting to a point where they actually smoked it and everything was very conscious and very ceremonial or not super ceremonial but just very ritualistic and meditative and and, and mindful and be, there's if you look at a lot of the the original ways of doing things is that they spent time getting to know these spirits cultivating a relationship with them having some type of respect and understanding that it has knowledge that you do not necessarily have in this moment in time or that you don't necessarily remember in this moment in time and they would take you know steps and time to understand them and um they would there were certain times where they experienced them and certain times where they would break from them because you know especially because our bodies just tend to get used to certain things and then it doesn't um 
allow us to tap in the same way every time when it's just repetitive and, 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 and sometimes just addictive, then it loses some of the spirit um, or the wisdom behind it. So I like to just share those things to help um, people just explore how they're interacting with these plants and to know that it, it, for some people and for some streams, it can um, interfere with dreaming, with dreaming, but it can be used in a very conscious and, and spiritual way as well. So I'd like to say a few things in closing. Um, one, I, I've, my journey as you are seeing with the unravelment of everything that I share um, in this space and in other spaces is that it's been filled with a lot of spiritual practices, a lot of twists and turns in between those spiritual practices and, um, you know, earth-based practices, Eastern practices, Western practices, African practices, ancient practices, um, things with energy, things with plants, things with song, things with drums, um, things with dreams, and and all of these things. Um, and so, you know, as a seeker, as a truth seeker, you know, you're always seeking and you're looking for um, more or the next thing and the next level. And um, with all of my experiences and all of the practices that I have sat with and with myself and the types of ceremonies that I've attended you know what if I could you know if someone were to ask me like well what was the best thing that you did or what got you there um immediately or directly um which one (laughs) was the highlight um my honest and deepest and truest answer to that is that not any one of these things has been the ultimate or has been the whole answer to anything (laughs) or the whole answer to life or the best and the great and the, the great whatever I've had experiences where prayer alone was profound I have experiences where dance turned into something else um where being alone was powerful, where being in community was powerful. And when I look at it, it, it's all of these things have created a web of experiences. And it's shown me the connection between everything that we have created, especially around the things that we have created around um, spirituality and growth and what it means to be connected. Um, For me, all of these tools are a part of the whole, bigger story that um we don't always see and I for me there's no best there is understanding where you are in this moment and connecting that with a tool that matches the frequency of the issue the problem the request or the intention that has been the most if I had to say the most powerful thing is understanding what's happening with me and um, matching what's happening with me with a tool or a ritual or a practice or a, 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 a place, um, going to a place in order to receive what it is that I need. Um, one of the 
the the biggest things is spirit is having more awareness about ourselves and and understanding what we need and what self-care truly means moment to moment to moment um and 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 just exploring it, it exploring these things has been helpful right um but all of them work together to create the healing journey and so I would never say that this tradition is the best or this ceremony is the best um all of these things came in a unique order that has created my life um some things came to me without me even trying some things came to me when I was digging 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 and got to um some gold um and ultimately you know nowadays when I hear about something like you know some technique or some new spiritual fad or trend um I'm not that like excited about it (laughs) You know, it's like I'm, you know, I'm like, if that works, if that comes into my life when it needs to, fine, but I'm good. I already got 99 things that I could be doing that I'm catching up on. And, you know, one thing about just even this um, this question around like, well, what do we need and what's most important? It's like really... I have found really about continuing to delve. You know, you may be doing yoga, you may be in prayer or meditation or, you know, working with this thing. And it's like even that thing that you think is simple or that you understand can go deeper, can unfold and continue to unravel and show you more about who you are and, and how you're creating your life. So these are my, that's my closing thought. And um, of course, with anything around spiritual practice, be responsible, get the support and assistance that you need. Um, And as always, ask the ancestors if what, you know, um, the path and the plant or the practice and the ritual is in alignment for you. Um, And let yourself have the time and the space to receive that answer for yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode, giving thanks for your energy as it was a long one, and I look forward to connecting in the next one. Peace. If you feel called or are in need of support, I recommend booking a reading to see what the ancestors are saying about your life, about the issues and the things that you are noticing on your journey. You can book a reading with me on my website at sacredliberation.com. I suggest also possibly exploring the frequently asked questions section just to get a sense of how I work and if I'm the reader for you. You can continue to find more information about ancestral healing through my blog, through Instagram, or my YouTube channel. And again, if you would like to submit a dream, a vision, or an experience that you've had that you would love to hear my perspective on, feel free to send a message on Instagram or through WhatsApp in the number in the show notes. If you feel called to support this work and um, continue to allow me to create all of this content, um, you can do so by donating in the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you continue to do the work, continue to connect with your ancestors and honor their legacy. So, Kozani.